hot and loaded. Welcome back to Coffee Guys. <laughs> Week four. Woo! Man, this has gone by fast. Week four. Four weeks. Chapter five, though. That's true. That's true. We are going to go back and go over the genealogy of Jesus, but that's not yet. I didn't want that to be the very first episode. That's a lot to dive but into. It's very important. It's a lot to dive into. But we will go back at some point and go over the genealogy of Jesus. Because um, Richard did a sermon on it, and it was awesome. We should do the genealogies in Chronicles. Genealogies <laughs> in Chronicles. Let's just spit that. I would get exhausted over that. Begat. Begat this. We begat this. The entire time is begat. In names I can't pronounce. Yeah. Which be, sometimes. Be funny. You know how I say. <laughs> You know how if I'm ever teaching a lesson, which I've not to y'all, I don't think, but if when I'm saying begat, in my mind I say big cat. Big cat. So that way I don't mess up the word. Like, what do you think? What would you mess it up? Well, like, you know how like, sometimes when I talk fast, yeah. and, like my words like slur. slur. Yeah. If I keep saying big cat over in my mind, begat comes out of my mouth. Huh. I don't know why. That's funny. I don't know why my mind works the way that it does. But anyway. We had a solid pour already. You can drink the rest of that. I'm going to drink this cup. Do you not like the... No, like... I like it. I just don't drink more than one cup at a time. Uh, that looks like milk over there. Shh, 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 shh. Anyway, how was your weekend? What'd you do? I went and saw Garth Brooks. Mm. Nissan Stadium. It, it was really good. I know that I'm not as big as a Garth Brooks expert as I should be, I guess. Because he doesn't stream his music anywhere. So I'm not going to blame it fully on me. But I, Dad was like, I have CDs. And I was like, okay. A what? <laughs> a compact disc? <laughs> I don't think Ex- my car has a CD. Ex- my Honda Pilot does not even have a CD player in it. The Camry reps it. It's all right. Maybe I'm right. I have a DVD player. But I don't have a CD player. Well, if you need some Garth Brooks... CDs. I've seen him in concert before. He did really good. Oh yeah, he was. He's, he runs. I think he he's just, sixty. He just like sprints around the stage and yells, and you're like, "This is entertainment." That is exactly how, like what would you like? You remember the Cody Johnson concert? Mm-hmm. How he was like jumping in. In mm-hmm. I thought Cody Johnson was like a man on steroids or something, but no. Garth Brooks just like amount of energy was insane. He came out in like. So the first part of it was like a grand old Opry kind of deal. Like Chase Rice came out. Uh, what another guy who's on mainstream radio right now? A whole lot. I can't remember his name now, but he he's he has a few songs that you would know. Oh, what is it? I can't remember. But like they came out, they had like an Opry kind of thing, and Garth came out like out of nowhere, not meaning to, and uh, kind of like surprised the singer, and he was in a like flat bill ball cap with like tight jeans mm-hmm. and I didn't even think it was him like he was he came out there and granted we didn't have great seats but I was like I was like squinting I was like there's that's there's no way that's Garth Brooks it was it was and then when he came out for his portion he came out in a cowboy hat and I was like there he is that's yeah. the man but yeah after the first like I think after every one of the songs he just would like will look up to the sky and he goes and I'm like Yes. I'm <laughs> like, yeah. I saw him in Indianapolis when I was in high school at yeah. the KFC Yum Center. And no, wait a minute. No, I saw him at Lucas Oil Stadium yeah, in yeah. Indianapolis. And then um, who did I see? I don't know where they, the other one's in Kentucky. But um, but yeah, it was he was just wild. He would like put water. I hope it was water. He put something in his mouth and would like spit it into the crowd. Because <laughs> I was like really close. Like I could see him sweating. Like I was that close. And he would like drink water and then just spew it out in the oh, crowd. Oh my word! And he'd be like, "Yeah!" <laughs> he was. And you're like, he was on fire. Like, and the best part of everything is there was this little kid, like sort of like front row, and had a sign. Had one of his songs. I didn't know what songs it, song it was, um, but like he walked over to his kid's name's Charles. He had to be like five or six. Like he was so small. He was on his dad's shoulder. He's like, Charles, do you know this song actually? Or are you being put up to this? He goes, I've been practicing. So he gave him a mic, and little Charles started singing with Garth the entire time Aww. and it was great. I was like that I hope someone someone sure I was like someone surely was recording that. But yeah, his they he was super close and he was sitting there singing and you could hear him too. Like the, his mic wasn't turned off. They weren't doing it for show. Mm-hmm. Like he you could still hear him and he knew all the words. They panned the camera over to him and he's just singing away. It was so cute. That is adorable. He put on a good show. That's adorable. He put on a good show. Well That's cool. My weekend was great, but what about you? Um full transparency 
and I don't want to talk about it a whole lot. Like, I'll, t- I'll tell you my take on it, and if you want to come at me later for it, that's fine. But I went to Life Church to listen to Phil Robertson. Which I wish I would have done, too. Oh, it was awesome. Like, I have a tattoo on my wrist of the story of Jesus mm-hmm. that I found in Phil's book and literally took the book to the tattoo artist and said, here's what I want. That's how much I really like, and I listen to all his podcasts, yeah. like, all the time. I love the guy. I think it's safe to say that his Unashamed podcast kind of inspired this podcast. Oh, absolutely. I would say that. And um, But, you know, a lot of the, the church, they were kind of blasting him for, for being there. But, guys, I'm telling you, I was there. He spoke the truth. He spoke baptism. I mean, and after, which is kind of ironic, he spoke baptism. He offered an invitation for anyone who had not been baptized to come forward and, or anybody that wanted to be baptized. And then literally the pastor of Life Church got up there and offered the sinner's prayer after that. Yeah. But, but what more can you ask from a gospel preacher? Yeah. He, he was there to speak. He got up on stage. He spoke the truth. And he got back down. Mm-hmm. So I'm not gonna throw stones at him because was, that was that, that was cool. It was awesome. Was he sitting or standing? Standing. He. Yeah. I, I remember in like a lot of his podcasts, he says he likes to sit because mm-hmm. he likes to be like same he, level as everyone else. I think he did mention if like he thought there was gonna be a chair up there, but he wasn't a big deal. But I'll tell you what, that man has aged. He's 76, Ugh. and he like he came up. He uh, honestly, it was kind of sad. Cause he came up on stage and I'm like, yo, Phil is is old. Yeah. Like, but he's still, he, he's still doing all the stuff though, oh, yeah. fighting them beavers and. Oh yeah. He's still out in the redneck. He woods. was talking about how people. He was talking about the big boom, and he was like, I don't know how people on this earth. And he's, I mean, he still gets it. I mean, sometimes I get fired up as a speaker, as a preacher. Mm-hmm. Phil was fired up from the time he got there, from the time we stepped down. That but he was be. like, I don't know how people think this world came from a big bang. He said, because when something blows up, I want to know what blew it up. <laughs> he said, how can nothing blow up? He said, when I blow things up, it's beaver dams and other Beavers. things that probably shouldn't be blown up. But it, it was just, it was awesome. If anyone knows Dynamite, it's Phil. Yeah, he he was awesome. And he was full transparency. And he even told him, he's like, you know, I came from nothing. I came from a horrible state. He was a drunkard. He called himself a whore. I mean, he really gave his life out there. And talked about it. And then he said, and then now I'm a millionaire. He said, you think God had his hand in that? I mean, it was just, it was awesome. And so that's not what we're talking about today. But I'm just, I'm being full full transparency. I will not throw a rock at Phil Robertson because he, as a gospel preacher, did what he was supposed to do. I love Phil. You know, were there things that went on that night that I didn't agree with? Absolutely. Was I in a worship service? Absolutely not. I was there to see Phil. So it was cool. It really was cool. So that brings me to a story <laughs> that happened today. So for those four people out there that listen that don't know who we are, um, you know, I work at Action Heating and Cooling, and um, I run the Cookville branch that we have and um, some others too. Well, I went on an estimate today. So like, if you call and say, hey, I need a new unit, then I'm the guy that comes out to... Your house, which is my favorite part of the job because I enjoy talking to people. And so today I went to this house in Cookville and they had an autistic grandchild, which I, I don't know why, but I've always done really, really well with like that type, mm-hmm. the you know, autistic people. I enjoy talking to them. I really do. Mm-hmm. And um, I always feel like we can have a conversation because my uncle's that way. I mean, he, he's not autistic, but he can't talk. And so he's in a wheelchair, can't talk, can't hear, you know, and he is in a group home with other autistic people. And so I've been around him my whole life. And so that was kind of cool. So anyway, I, I did what I was supposed to do, figured out how we could do the job, went back to my truck and took my iPad and I got all the prices for it. And I went back in. And so I'm sitting on the couch with my iPad showing this lady her estimate and explaining to her what we were going to do and how much it was going to cost and all that. Well, um, Brylan was this little boy's name. And um, 
we had been like talking the entire time, but he's never, he did never approached me. So he gets up off the couch and like comes over because he wanted to see my iPad. He thought I was showing her like a video or something. And so the grandma was like, no, 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 don't bother him. I'm like, oh, it's okay, you know, no big deal. So I, I turn my iPad to him to show him. So I'm like, I'm setting, the kid's probably four or five. So he's standing. So my hand is at level, like eye level of this kid. He bit me. Like, and I, I show Jackson. He took a chunk out. My entire pointer finger was in his mouth because the bite mark is like that's almost old. to my knuckle. Like, that's like your entire finger. Yeah, but it was just, it was 30 seconds of chaos because he bit me. I dropped my tablet. I hollered because it hurt. And then the grandma hollered, yelling at him. Oh, well, then he started screaming. And so I just like picked up my iPad and was like, Have a good day. <laughs> but yeah, it was just. That's a first. I see a lot. I work with the public every day. And what I have seen in the world is very interesting. Like I have seen <laughs> so many things and like so many things that you're just like, how do people live like that? You know, all this. But then that was a first. Like <laughs> I've been like approached by dogs. And if I'm telling you, if I get bit by a dog at somebody's house, the dog will die. Like, that's, <laughs> I don't put up with dogs that bite. But the child. <laughs> I never thought a child would bite me. But yeah. So I told the guys at the other office, and I've been a laughing stock all day. That's funny. But That'll I, be a high. And I'm like, I did ask her one question. I was not mad. I understood. Like, I'm a very easygoing person. But all I asked her was if he had all of his shots. Because <laughs> you never know what, I mean, I have blood. Like, the kid dug into me with his front teeth. And so she was like, oh, you're going to sue us? now? I'm like, no, no, no. I just want to know. Does he have all the shots? <laughs> Is he okay? And she was like, do you want a shot record? I'm like, no, no, I just want to make oh, sure. Amount of panic that grandma have, was oh, having. Oh, it was. Because, like, literally, I screamed, then she yelled at him, and then he just started screaming. It was just chaos. Well, if I had a kid who bit someone's finger, I don't know what I would do. I'd just be like, oh. yeah. Of course, these people don't know me from Adam. Like, they don't, they have no idea who I am. Yeah. I mean, that, that could have been bad. If it was somebody that was oh, like, yeah. that wasn't had ill intentions. A little more stuck up. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't a big deal to me, but she didn't know me from Adam, met me, you know, five minutes before when I got out of my truck. Yeah. So, yeah. What I'll, a... I hope we replace her unit, though, because that'll be really funny. She'd be back and be like, hey, little guy. Brylin, <laughs> How are you? I'm going to wear gloves. Like, <laughs> like, the gloves that the people handle, like, birds. Like, yeah. the big... You know, like... I don't know why. Bald eagle like, just yes, lands like on the, it. The, I'm going to get some high, like, big, thick gloves and be like... <laughs> Can't bite my finger now, can you? Waving. Rylan. Rylan. I see you brush your teeth today. He was cute. Pretty. So, anyway, that was that was my day. What a... Being bit by autistic children. That's a first. It is a What a way to start your week. You know, I just can't wait to see what the other days have. I was like, it's only Monday. You know, and you know this, but things happen to me. (laughs) Unnatural, That you just sit back and you just go, What? Just happened. And so that was, it's quite often too. It's it's every week. I'm like oh. something happens and you're like, really? Why? <laughs> I've heard that in stories. I mean, why does that happen right now? But you know, it's Monday. We have four more quality days of this <laughs> week to figure out what else can happen. But it's going to be a lot. It's exciting. To... Isn't that exciting to know? It is. It's a, have... it's a mystery. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. So anyway, the Beatitudes, Woo! Matthew chapter five. We're going to go fast because we want to get all the... Well, we're going to try. But we're I don't want to rush it. Yeah, we're going to try to get through all of them, and we might not. But next week, oh, we're going to have two special guests. Special. We, don't reveal them. We will not. Don't reveal them. But we're going to probably talk about the salt and light in Matthew chapter uh, 5, verse 13. My favorite verse in the Bible, one of them. But I'm, I'm ecstatic over it. I am ecstatic. Ecstatic. Actually, three. Three special guests, technically. Three. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Three, that's technically. Right. One of them One of them local, two of them from another country. Are we going to have to get another mic? Nah, we can We can make these or we can share them. Okay. Because I have no money. And you want to know why I have no money right now? <laughs> Taxes. The, the government. The government <laughs> decided that they wanted their share, which was my own They wanted a slice of the pie. Well, Everybody just wants a slice of Dylan pie. Don't they? <laughs> <laughs> Including the kid. 
wonder if it tasted good. Oh, no. Whole <laughs> finger in his mouth. He sunk it to the knuckle. Yummy. And the, the more I think about that, the more I'm kind of grossed out. Because, anyway. That's very gross. Yeah. I... <laughs> I bet if I would have licked my finger after it was over, I could have told you what he had for breakfast. Uh, uh, dun, 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 dun. No more. That was gross. <laughs> uh, no more. Okay. Uh, why don't you read? We'll start again, Matthew chapter five. You want me to read? You read. All right. Go for it. I want to hear your reading skills. You know they kind of need some work. Well, don't we all? All right. So Matthew five, starting verse one. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them. You want me to just read all of it and then we'll go back there? Okay. Uh, Saying, uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for her righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when other revile, when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And seen. Right. So, um, you need to go first. Go ahead. In verse 3. Okay, the first beatitude we see, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, I taught a class over the beatitudes several years ago, and um, I'm, I'm kind of looking at my notes from that class, and I said it now, and I'll say it, or I said it then, and I'll say it now. The first beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, is the foundational beatitude. Yeah, it's the reason why it's number one. And it's the most important. You know, if, if we don't get this one, then the rest don't make sense. Because, and I want to talk to you a little bit, um, and I think Jackson will go in a little bit more in depth, but the word blessed or blessed, you know, blessed are the poor, blessed are the poor in spirit, whichever way you want to, to do it, you know, what do you think that means? What does blessed mean? What's your definition? Blessed. Caught you on the golf cart. I mean, blessed. I don't know. It's just things that... That's hard. Like, blessing is usually something that you, like, used to describe things. Like, you getting something at work or something as a gift. And you're like, oh, I'm blessed to have this person in my life. Blessed to have this. But blessed, dude, that's hard to just to shoot you know, off the hip. There is a Bruno Mars song. And at the hashtag end of blessed. several of his verses, he says, hashtag blessed. You that know, was a trend for a while. Mm-hmm. And I still say it sometimes, still use just, it, you know, because you know, I'm old. Love Bruno. Not really, but I just love Bruno Mars. But, you know, it means happy. Yeah. That's, you know, that's what beatitude means in Latin. It means blessed or happy. Mm-hmm. So happy is the person who does this. You know, Homer, the writer Homer, used this word to describe wealth. Mm-hmm. You know, you are blessed if you have money. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have possessions, you're blessed. Plato used the word um, to describe someone who is successful in business. But I disagree on both of them. Two very well-known, world-renowned writers. I disagree with their definition so, like, of blessed. I've tried... What are they called? What? Philos- Philosophers? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't come up with that Philo word. Philo-officers? That's, that's, you got it. Continue. Philosophers, Continue. all right? But two like world-renowned philosophers... It's not just me. Philosophers. Alright, two, I'm not going to say it again. I'm not tempting the spirits. But, you know, they're saying, they, they, they put it all back to, you know, successfulness in the world. Successful in business, as Plato says, or just wealthy, as Homer says. And that's, that's not what it is. You know, everyone wants to be happy. I've never met someone who just says, I want to be unhappy for the rest of my life. But Jesus, and that's something, I was talking to Michael Lilly, our associate minister, about this uh, Saturday night. And that is a misconception of Christ. Everyone says, Jesus, well, Jesus wants me to be happy. God wants me to be happy. We're, 
as a Christian, we're not going to be happy all the time. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. We're going to have to go through trials and temptation. We're not going to be happy all the time. But what this is saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for their kingdom, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He's saying, God's not saying, I'm going to give you happiness. I'm going to give you wealth. He's saying the opposite. He's saying, I'm giving you a pathway to happiness. What is that? Heaven. That's what happiness. That's what it is. I read in a book one time where um, it said if, now this is just a book, it said if the world was always happy and there was no trials or or anything, then there wouldn't be a need for God almost. Mm -hmm. Because there wouldn't be trials that we'd go through and wouldn't be that someone that we need to look towards and have put our faith and trust in for someone to look over us you know me me and my dad um my dad is a great man he's an elder in the church um shout out jay wood phenomenal guy but he i mean he's a business-minded person too i mean he's the ceo of a company and you know we talked about this and it's my, one of my favorite part of, of my job is you get to bid projects and i think i've told you this before all business is is a game Oh, yeah. And it's a fun game to play. And it can make or break you. But it's fun. But, like, when you bid these projects, it's fun because you have to figure out a way to either, A, make your company set apart enough to get the job, or, B, be the cheapest number there and you'll guarantee you'll get it. Yeah. You know, for a while, like the school systems and state jobs and all that, you have to be the cheapest number. Yeah. But the whole time you're standing in front of the old piece of equipment that you're going to take out and you're like... Ooh, we could we could save that and we could do this and we could, and the whole time and I'm not the best at it, but my dad's like, oh no, we could do this 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 and this and bring our number down to this and it's just it's really fun to be able to do that. But if I got every single bid that I put out there, it wouldn't be fun anymore. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, I know I'm going to get this regardless. Who cares? Yeah. It's not fun, you know. And Jesus is not saying, you know, when you become a Christian, when you're baptized. Your life is just going to be roses. That is not what he's saying. And the way that this is how he's giving you a message, the first beatitude. Here's my message to you and your pathway to happiness. How can we achieve happiness? Well, you got to be poor in spirit. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? What does poor in spirit mean? What do you think that means? I think that it's uh, people recognizing that they need God is that you can't do it on your own. You you can't go through life and because you're gonna be sad all the time. And you can find happiness and love through through Jesus. And that's and that's what poor in spirit to me is that you recognize that, hey, I gotta have God to to get through this. Right. You know, and that's that's what it is. The pathway to happiness is understanding that we have to give everything to God. Everything. You know, everything in our life, we empty ourselves and give it to God. And he's saying, if you can do that, if you can be poor in spirit, then your happiness is in heaven. You know, and that that is such a... Michael is actually preparing lesson series over this. But... um, He just, you know... I think he's going to call it the gospel of Satan. Because Satan tells us... God wants you to be happy. God wants you to be happy. Yeah. You're not happy right now. I can make you happy. I mean, that those thoughts come into our mind. God did not promise us to be happy. Mm-hmm. He's giving us giving us a uh, pathway to happiness. And if you ask anybody, you know, if you go out and ask somebody on the street, hey, are you happy? And they say no. What do you think 90% of the time is the reason why they're not happy? What do you think? I'm thinking it's probably money or relationships. I guarantee you it's money. You know, not even relationships. Because if you have plenty of money, you don't. You think that you don't need them. Yeah. Because you can go buy whatever you want. True, yeah. And that's what, are you happy? You can buy a wife. <laughs> are you happy? No, I'm not happy. Well, why? Because I don't have enough money. Yeah. You know, that's not what happiness is. The root of all evil. Happiness is pouring yourself empty and giving it to God. Mm-hmm. Because we don't matter. We don't. And he's saying, if you can do that, if you can actually achieve being poor in spirit, there's your pathway to happiness. Empty yourself for me. Yeah. And we don't do it 
because we're selfish. I don't do it. You know, I, I do. I feel like sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. But, you know, we have to understand that that's the pathway to happiness. If you can put yourself on the back burner for Christ, let him be the front runner of every decision that you ever make and empty yourself and say, God, you know, and I won't go into this a lot, but I'm dealing with a situation in my life right now to where I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And literally, I prayed last night before the melatonin took over and I <laughs> went to sleep. But I was praying last night and I said, God, I don't know if this is the right decision, but it's in your hands. Yeah, You'll tell me if it's not. Not by speaking to me. But, <laughs> you know, you'll tell me, you'll show me if this isn't right, but I'm putting it in your hands. Empty yourself. There's the pathway to happiness. Give it to him. So that's what I have. What do you have on for the for the first one? Well, that's that. I mean, you pretty much summed it all up on how this is the most important. Well, not most important one, but all the other ones lead back to it. It you can't be. No one mourns like if we go to the next one. No one mourns until they're poor in spirit. No one is meek towards others until he has humble. He has a humbled view on himself. And also, if you don't have a sense of your own need then you will never hunger and thirst for righteousness. Or if you have too high of a view on yourself, you will never find it difficult to be merciful to others. And so this is all of these other blessed are beatitudes all lead back to number one. And I, I, want to, I want to clarify two things. You know, he is not telling us to be poor in our faith. Yeah. He's not saying, you know, you know, have a poor quality of faith. He's not saying be financially poor, but we need to have a constant spiritual state of saying, God, I need you. Yeah. That's that's what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that you have to live in a shack and drive, you know, an old car. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, but what I am saying is spiritually we have to always say, I, I can't do this without God because realistically can't. we're powerless. Yeah. I mean, you may have power on earth, and that's great, but... It's temporary. We're powerless. We're like little children. We can't do it by ourselves. And Jesus is saying, I'm going to help you. But we need to have the the idealism of, I need you. Yeah. I always need you. Because the moment we think we don't need God is the moment that we stop spiritually growing. Yeah. If you don't need him... Then you are spiritually dead, yep. and that's Satan's that's gotcha. a scary place to be. So, but that's why I mean that's I could talk the whole time on the first one, but I won't. So, There's plenty more to come, right? Uh, so the second one is I'll read it again. Is verse four? Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. So here, um, this kind of takes me back to Second uh, Corinthians seven. Uh, verse 10, it says, For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. So this, for me, kind of takes it that uh, worldly grief on, uh, is brought by losing approval of the world. And so, and then this godly grief grief that he's talking about here is more of mourning over sin, mourning over things that you've done. And um, and God allows us to have this grief, grief into our lives as like you were kind of saying, as a path. It's not, this grief isn't for to stay. It's supposed, It's a path for us to finally get through to a destination that he has planned for us. Right, for real. And you know, I'll read it again. Bless, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Comforted, comforted. excuse me. Comforted. You know, but I'm going to take it of a little bit of a different, um, a different approach. But, you know, what does mourn mean? Literally, in the Webster's Dictionary, it is described as sad and grief. Mm-hmm. You know, and what are two of the things that people try to avoid most in the world? Sadness and grief. Yeah. No one likes you it. know, and there is this, this stigma over men don't cry. Yeah. You ever see me cry? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I mean, you can't avoid that. Yeah. You know, and that's what I think this whole thing goes back is is being vulnerable to Christ. 
that's like when you cry it's your most vulnerable like point in your life because you're showing emotion that like you said men don't cry that's like that's the world tells you that so as a man you're like i don't don't want people see me crying that's Mm. that looks bad and you know it doesn't bother me a bit of course you know this but it doesn't bother me at all to tell somebody that i'm having a hard time doesn't i mean that's that to me that's not a sign of weakness that's not number one it's a sign of trust that you're going to tell somebody that but I mean, it's not a sign of weakness. It's not a sign that you're giving up. It is a sign that says, number one, I trust you, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you about this. But it is also a way to be vulnerable yeah. to somebody, you know. And guys, I am an ugly crier. It's bad. It is just, it's hideous. I don't think anyone's a pretty crier. I don't think so either. But I know like, some people are worse than others. It's like sometimes I heave, like I'm, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but you know. If we avoid that, and the world spends, you know, the world spends so much energy and time on avoiding it that they bury it away. Yeah. And then they think that they can't fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. By who? I mean, God. Mm-hmm. And you know God can't physically come and give you a hug and comfort you, but he gives you people that can do that. Mm-hmm. And... I'm a I'm a believer in that, and I also have notes here that says if you laugh if you laugh now you'll cry later, and that's harsh, but it's the truth. If you spend your entire life avoiding being vulnerable with Christ, then there's going to be a time that you wished you had been. Yeah, you know, and and you're giving that you're giving God your your troubles. Relates back to the first beatitude that we read. Exactly, they build on top of each other. You're giving God. Everything, and you're saying, "Dude, I need you to help me," and I'm mourning right now, but I know you can comfort me. And mourning precedes joy. If you spend your entire life vulnerable to God and vulnerable to other people in your circle, you will receive the kingdom of heaven. If you think about it, yeah. If you spend your because if you're vulnerable with somebody, you know, number one, that you can trust them. Yeah. If you're going to be vulnerable with somebody and tell them about your problems, if you if you're vulnerable with Christ, you tell them when you're struggling. You're telling you tell them that you're you're hurting about something. That means you have God. You're you're on the inside. You're you're there, and so that's a big one for me. That's huge. Yeah. You know, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And that's, you know, it's kind of sad, but this millennial millennialism stuff that's going on right now. Like, the world tells you not to mourn. Yeah. Be happy, be happy, be happy. It's easier to be happy, don't mourn, you know. But God's saying happiness is mourning because you're going to be comforted. Yeah. You know, that's what he's saying right here because we're going back to the, the term blessed. Happiness for those people who mourn. Yeah. Because we're going to receive, we're on a pathway to happiness. Not happy right now, we're on a pathway to get there. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So, um, yeah, so they build on each other. When you're poor in spirit, if you're really poor in spirit, the next thing you're going to do is you're going to mourn. Yeah. Because you need somebody else. You need Christ. So that's all I got on, on that one. So verse, do you have any more on that one? Verse 5. Uh, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Uh, so first off, what is your definition of meek? <laughs> Spin that on you. I don't really. That's a hard. That is a hard, hard word. I think small, maybe, is when I. I don't know if that's right or not. I actually don't have the definition of meek, but I think of something small. I mean, I'll just look it up real quick so we can get something legit. It says, uh, quite. Quite, quiet, <laughs> gentle, and easily imposed, um, or submissive. Mm-hmm. So, so what I kind of like from my definition of meek is I think of a strength, but under control. So I think of it as like a horse. Horses are, you know, they're strong animals. Like they're they can mess you up if they want to. But as soon as you put a saddle on them and you put whatever that thing you do in their mouth that controls them. I can't remember the name I'm of it. I'm not a farmer. I don't, I, <laughs> I don't know. But I think that shows like a willingness 
to be controlled. Like we are the the horse, and God's the guy who's sitting up on the saddle, who's he's not controlling us, but he's like has us under control. So it's like a as God's people, we are to say that we are kind of going to allow God to lead our lives, not d- directly because we have our own personal choices and stuff like that, but he's still kind of guiding us in that way. And like a passage that I wanted to talk about real quick is um, Matthew 16 verses uh, 25 and 26 says, For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what it what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his own soul? So this is just like Jesus is kind of announcing the same thing here that whoever submits his life to God it will inherit the earth and rule and reign alongside with him forever. And this is, that's just, that's my definition of meekness. And it's not a Webster, but right. it's Jackson. <laughs> I mean, and that's, this is what I find. And if y'all don't get anything else out of this, I want you to hear this. Now, when you read the Beatitudes, we are contrasting what the world teaches Every beatitude contrasts what we are told to do mm-hmm. from the world. You know, what the world tells you, and, and you'll hear this probably a lot in college because I, I did, what the world tells you is, you know, be assertive, take the bull by the horns, make it happen, all this kind of stuff. And <sighs> no. You know, you see all these guys and people in your life, not just guys, but you see these people in your life that, I am better than you, and I will do whatever it takes to be better than you. I know who that voice is. Yeah, me too. (laughs) And, you know, I am the best. No, we're not. Yeah. You know, it's okay to be meek. You know, I've heard this term my whole life, and I'm sure you have too, of, as nice guys finish last. Yeah. Good. I mean... Good. If I finish last? You know, and and I do. I have, um, I'm trying to to make, say this without being a horrible person or making y'all think that I'm a bad person. But this is probably a beatitude that I struggle with mm-hmm. because, and it's just because this is what the world tells you. But my thing is, if you, if you cross me, if you wrong me, watch out. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a great guy until you cross me. And then you're in trouble. And and I've thought that. I mean, it's something that I fight. Because I've heard the term, nice guys finish last too, but I'm always like, you cross me again. You see what happens. Yeah. You know, and then I'm going to be a bully. And that's not, that's not something, that's not something that we have to do. Being meek is what we're supposed to be mm-hmm. as Christians. You know, but the world mocks people like that. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I had a situation one time too, and my dad actually shed some light on there on the situation for me. But I was like, oh, you know, something that happened, and I'm like, what are we going to do about it? You know, I, literally with my dad talking, I'm like, what are we going to do? You know, we have to retaliate. We have to do, and my dad said, stop. He said, if this is the worst thing that ever happens, and it wasn't something that happened to me, it was something that happened to him. But he's like, if this is the worst thing that happens, we're going to be okay. We're going to be Christians about this. And I'm like sitting here like, okay, now I feel about this big. Because I was so angry. And I'm like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do to retaliate? And, And God is saying here, blessed are those who are small. Blessed are those who are meek. Because your inheritance will come later. Mm -hmm. That's literally what my dad taught me. This was like two months ago. This wasn't something that I learned in middle school. This was 20, you know, I'm 22 years old. And I was taught. And I'm like, you're right. Now that you mention that, your dad does. Kind of like bringing back. He is like one of the more meek men. He is. Like that that I've met, I think. Physically. Small man. Fit, oh, but also no. No, I mean he is. I mean he's <laughs> no, he is. He, he just, he's small. No, he's small. He's gonna listen to this later. He's gonna get. But mad. you are meek. Just, but, just know I called you meek. But he is. He's and that's good. That's good. Oh yeah. You know, but that's what we as Christians need to be. Yeah. And you and you hit the nail on the head when you said because we have somebody else that we're living our life for. 
you know, it's not to retaliate. It's not for us to take the bull by the horns and all. It's because God is directing our lives. We are not the ones that are conquering and I'm better than you. And we need to let that attitude go because we need to be humble. We need to be modest. We need to be gentle, you know, unassuming, all these things. And Jesus right now is teaching the the opposite of what we are learning in the year 2022. Yeah. I mean, the sheer opposites. So prevalent. People it's amazing. The Bible's going out of style. No, it's not. It's amazing. Truly. I mean, he wrote this thousands of years ago, and it is just as just yeah. as prevalent. If not more now. Yeah. You know, so um, then verse 6, uh, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. So, um, let me get to, see, I'm skipping a lot, but I taught a whole class on this, so I'm, I'm trying to, to skip through some stuff. But, you know, hunger and thirst for righteousness, you know, what, what do you think, you know, in the world now, what do we chase? Power. Money. Power. Money. Success. Status. Success. All these things. You know, and, and he's teaching us here, you know, happy is the person who is looking and searching for righteousness. You know, if I've not eaten in like five days and someone releases me in the White House and said, there is a, a pack of crackers in this building. Toasties. I'm going to turn it upside down, finding it. It's a toasties. I will find the toasties. Toasties. You know, but that's what he's saying. We're hungering and we're thirsting. We need to look for righteousness. We need to look for something that's going to satisfy. You know, we don't need to hunger and thirst for physical happiness. We need to have a desire. We need to have a desire to find God yeah. every day. And that is a that is a journey that you take every single day. Yeah. You know, it's not something that once you find him that your journey's over. No, every morning when your eyes open, you're on a journey for righteousness. You're on a journey for Christ. Why is that so hard? And this is where I'll stop on this one and you take over. Why is that so hard? Because we like sin way too much. We like worldly things. We like what it offers. Worldly desires a whole lot more than righteousness. Why do you think so many people get drunk? Exactly. I mean, because they are searching for something that is going to temporarily satisfy them. When he's saying here, happiness comes from looking for righteousness because you will be satisfied. Don't chase what the world says is righteous. Chase what the Bible tells you is right. Yeah. That's what we have to do. Yeah. Well, what's kind of funny is exactly what you said is exactly what I have typed up over here. I cheated. I <laughs> like, cheated. Like, Me and Jackson, I've never met a person who thinks the way I do. <laughs> nah, okay, not thinks the way that I do, but like our mind works the very same Very connected, way. yeah. Our mind works the same Like way. the first thing I have is what do you hunger for? And then I have, we see people hunger for things like power, money, and success. And then, yeah, it's literally like what, what you just said. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's... You know, the same. I mean, it's just kind of funny. But that's what I mean. It drives me insane because people tell you to search and search and search for happiness. We need to search for righteousness yeah. every day. From the time our eyes open to the time they shut, we are on a journey to find righteousness. And, um, and we'll find that in the Bible. All right, I'm going to put the next two, group them together, or the next three. Okay. I'm going to group them together. So blessed are the merciful... For they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be sons of God. Uh, so I'll just go back and start with the blessed are the merciful. Um, when this beatitude kind of addresses those um, who will show mercy, it speaks to those who have already received it. It says, blessed are the merciful, the ones who have already received mercy. And it it is mercy to be emptied of your pride in and brought to poverty of spirit that you're you're giving back to other people these people who are merciful and they shall receive more mercy and uh, it is mercy to be brought to mourning over your spiritual condition uh, it is mercy to receive grace of meekness and to become 
uh, gentle, and these are all connecting back to the ones previous of this. Um, it is mercy to be made hungry and thirsty for righteousness. Therefore, it, this one who is expected to show mercy is one who has already received it. And if you want mercy from others, especially God, then you should be merciful to others. You should show what God has given you. That drives me insane of people who, like, in today's world, like, will avoid somebody in the Walmart because they'll be like, well, three years ago, they said <laughs> they something They cut me to off me. in traffic. And I'm like, shut up. Like, don't, the, the world tells us, again, hold grudges. You know, don't, don't let somebody back in. You know, guys, people are going to wrong you. Yeah. People are going, and it'll be people closest to you. Yeah. They're going to wrong you. It's okay. Because we make mistakes. Yeah. Because I guarantee you that you've wronged somebody before too. You might not even know it, but take a step you know back it. and say, "All right, it's okay." Because how, guys, we can't get to heaven without God's grace. Yeah. It will not happen. So how are you going to feel if you're standing at the gates, and you know God says, "Listen, <laughs> you know you you've not been merciful. Yeah, you know you've not forgiven." So-and-so, because 40 years ago, they said something mean about your dog. You know? Not Maggie. So, in, that's just something that drives me insane. Is and I have this this thing that I say sometimes that I didn't know I said it a lot until I, in my head. I don't say it out loud. But, like, my goal in life is to never have to avoid anybody in a store. Yeah. Because you need, to be, you need to be on, like, that that type of, you know... That term of with people, I guess. Yeah. You need to be that good with them that, hey, you know, you're wrong. Is it okay to be upset? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. You know, but you have to be merciful. Merciful does not mean being best friends. Merciful means, hey, I forgive you. You know, I'm not going to hold that against you. Because if God held us accountable for everything that we did, every sin that we committed, we have no shot. I mean, think of, think of David. So take it old school here. We kind of wonder why God still showed so much remarkable mercy to him, especially in terrible ways that he sinned. But one reason God gave him so much mercy was because David was notably merciful to Saul. And on several occasions was kind of a very unworthy Saul. And David showed mercy because he obtained it. Right. So that's that's a big one. Then blessed are the pure in heart. Um, for they shall see God. That's that's very simple. There's not a whole lot you can say no. besides have a pure heart. You know, having a pure heart does not mean you're perfect. Having a pure heart means that you're poor in spirit, that you're okay to mourn, that you're meek, that you hunger and thirst for righteousness, that you're merciful. All these things put together equal a pure heart. Mm-hmm. You know, have good motives. Don't go into something with the wrong intention. Have good motives. Take people at their word. That's what being pure in heart means. Yeah. You know, and one thing I think is funny is is at the very beginning, verse 1, it says, Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat, his disciples came to him, and he, he being Jesus, opened his mouth and taught. The difference now is there are not crowds coming to listen to this. Yeah. But it is more relevant now than ever. We still, yeah, the, the people can still listen. Like, like for like this situation here. Like, yeah, you can hear on you can hear on Spotify. You can yeah. hear on Facebook when Corona was super, super at its high, and and people Facebook live their their mm-hmm. church services. It's but these this is more relevant now than ever. Yeah, it is blessed are the pure in heart. You know they're. Unfortunately, there are people out there that just aren't pure in heart. Yeah. And I'm not faulting them. I'm going to have mercy on those people, but it's because everyone tells you that you have to build this wall around your heart four miles high to keep everybody out. No, you don't. Yeah. Be, be pure in heart. You know, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be sons of God. Yeah. And I just... Uh, hmm, hold on. <laughs> so... um this does not describe those who like live in peace for me, like, uh, but those who are actually bringing peace. Uh, so like overcoming evil with good kind of deal. And um, one way to accomplish this is another passage. I just want to touch on is Second Corinthians five eighteen, where it says, "And all this is from God, 
who through Christ reconciled us to him himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation. That, that was a little hard to say. But uh, we are helping people to discover that they can be at peace with God. And these people who are poor in spirit, mourning over sin, following the Lord's leadership because of the meekness in, in their hearts, um, the ones who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the ones who extend mercy, the ones who lack the vision within their heart because they're pure, we as God's people bring that to the earth in the message of Jesus and what he has to bring. And this is just... and. Another kind of favorite thing is at the end where it says, for they shall be called sons of God. That's the reward we get by being peacemakers. And that all of these rewards are amazing. See God, um, receive mercy, shall be satisfied. But that one hits. I like that one. In verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse 11, blessed are you... Uh, when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account, rejoice and be glad, for your reward is in heaven, for so, for so they prosecuted the prophets who are before you. You know, I'm going to group those together too, because it all goes back to verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. He's saying, be happy that you are being persecuted. Mm-hmm. Because that, guys, you are going to get persecution in your life. It's going to happen. Yeah. And he's saying, no one's going to persecute you unless they know that you're a Christian. Yeah. So, thank the Lord. Praise God that you are being, hallelujah, hallelujah church. church. Praise God that you're being persecuted for righteousness sake. And verse 12, Re- rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. Um. If we can accomplish this, there's our answer. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we've talked about, you know, this passageway to happiness. Yeah. And verse 12 gives us, gives us the, the end goal. Heaven. is rejoice and be happy because your reward is great in heaven. heaven. You know, guys, there is nothing more relevant than we can talk about today than the Beatitudes. Yeah. Because... Everyone is telling you to go a different direction. Everyone is telling you not to be poor in spirit. Don't mourn. Don't be meek. You know, hunger and thirst for happiness and, you know, worldly pleasure. You know, don't be merciful. Don't be pure in heart. Don't be a peacemaker. We can go on and on. But God's saying, no, no, no. Do that. Yeah. Do that. Because your reward is going to come from heaven. It's in heaven. So, bam. What? There was the Beatitudes All in an 12 hour. verses. In an hour. So, again, I could talk about all these, each one by themselves. Keep going, yeah. But that's week four. Week four. Coffee and Christ. Catch us next week. With special guests. With special guests. <laughs> we out. <laughs>